Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Listeners, welcome to this week's Five Year Plan podcast. Hey! hey. First genuine hooray! Hooray! Hey. Hey. Good. Uh, pod one seventy six. Oh, I wow. think I think so. It's a lucky number. Oh, it is a lucky, lucky number because Palace have won a league game in twenty sixteen. Hey! Which we'll come on to. Um, uh, Palace feet Norwich 1-0 but before we do that we've got sponsors well we've also got uh, people here on the pod I'll introduce them and then we'll do the sponsors we've got Kevin Day hello we've got James Endicott returning hooray back from well it feels oh, like ages since he's been yeah, away been, yeah, I've, I've not been around for a while actually I've been um, travelling the globe mm-hmm. but I'm back I'm pleased to be back in um, Norbury whereabouts have you been in uh, the globe? I've been I've been to Texas yeah to Austin Texas um, watched a Palace game over there on the TV uh, and then uh, I was just been in Porto in Portugal for a couple of weeks. Oh, lovely! And watched Palace on TV there as well. Lovely, fantastic! So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about how the TVs work in um, Portugal and America. Please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're well, looking forward to that. Yeah. I think that's in section three. Uh, uh, maybe. Yeah. And also, Andy Street, where, where have you been? Uh, well, just been at home, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Um, <laughs> He's been dealing with injunctions for happily married celebrities who can't be named. No, that one wasn't my. What I wasn't actually. No, no, I wasn't involved in that one at all. Um, no, I've, I've just been whinging at the back of the, the home, so as usual. Good, as per. Yeah, yeah. Um, good, okay, before we get into uh, Palace's historic win, well, not historic, but Palace's <laughs> win against Norwich, uh, an actual win in the league, um, we're going to mention our sponsors, which are Vector Printing, for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk, and that's Vector with her. Okay. Correct, well done. Okay, yeah, I remember. Well you remember, yeah? yeah, yeah good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And JCIS, the Global Research and Brand Consultancy from South London. I can't remember what I've got to say. <laughs> Visit jc-is.com I will hey, he remembers well done I've well been done. waiting about three weeks to do that well done you nailed it you nailed I it thank you thank I you. can only imagine there were a lot of confused Portuguese people <laughs> saying that in the middle of bars out in Porto there were a few confused Portuguese people good uh, before we talk about Palace I wanted to quickly mention that uh, you can rate us on iTunes uh, go on the iTunes uh, app and uh, rate us and help us climb up the table of the charts table for FYP a caveat there need to give us a good rating yeah. a good yeah, rating yeah. yes obviously <laughs> don't yes. go one star yeah, I think you can true. do like a five star negative. rating do a five star give us a nice little comment and help us bump up the table yeah don't listen to the rest of it just do no exactly just do that yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. that's all we need and um, if you are having problems with 
said this from previous pods, uh, downloading the pod. Uh, if you're listening to it now, you're probably not having problems. But if yeah, you know so someone, what's the point that, telling them because we need to get the word week, out there. Every week, if you have uh, know someone that is having problems, it's probably because they're trying to download it on the iPhone podcast app. Don't use that because that app's a bit broken. Uh, use a different app on the iPhone. We suggest Overcast or what Down Tinder. Down, Downcast Tinder. or Tinder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, as long as you've done us a rating, <laughs> then you can go on Tinder. On Tinder, isn't it? No, oh, that's why I'm been very lucky. Preventing that, yeah. My son's just got on Tinder and he, whatever is just for comedy purposes. I'm just sure he's, he's really going to be around for comedy purposes. No, no, because his little whatever the message he put is, uh, I want a free dinner. Has he got a free dinner yet? No, of course he hasn't. Because he's put a picture of a puppy up there as well because he thought that might help. And has it? No, right. Okay. But anyway, speaking of actual successes, Palace 1 1 0 against Norwich. First league win of 2016. Wow. The last team in the official nine leagues of the pyramid, not just the top four professional leagues. Is it not in the Northern Hemisphere? No, just the nine leagues in the pyramid. The official nine leagues in the pyramid were the last team to win. I heard. I heard it was also in the top in the top five leagues in Europe as well. Really, Very that's unconfirmed, possible. but it could well yeah. be. <laughs> Which is great. That would have been really hard to so work that out before yeah, the problem. That, that might be a stat. Uh, well, yeah, Andy's our stat man. We won, though. but we won. And, and my question to you guys is: uh, it, it wasn't a fantastic display from Palace, but it was a moment of magic from Punchin, who we missed for a little bit, but also has been out of sorts. How, how do we get Punchin doing this? More often, Kevin. How do we get punch and bring in the magic to the game more often um, that we know he can do? It's very interesting. Gordon Strachan was very interesting on Goals on Sunday, talking about how many times have Palace been able to field MacArthur, Punchin, uh, Balassi, Kabai, Wickham. Very few times, even before the bad run started, there's very few mm. times. And he said any team would struggle. If you're losing mm-hmm. three out of five of those players, let alone five out of five, you're going to struggle. And Punchin's come back... It, it wasn't just a finish to the goal. The build, the, his actual movement for the goal was really, really good. The way he ghosted in behind two defenders, and you could see how much it it meant to him. I, it's an intro. How you get into it again? I don't know. But clearly, I think increasingly punching has been a, maybe more of a miss than we thought he than we thought he was because mm. he did look out of sorts before he was injured, and we all wondered whether the injury was a result of him trying too hard or running too much. But he certainly is a player that belongs in the Premier League and has got that little bit of inventive skill but I, you, you just hope that that is a big weight off his shoulders as well as everybody else's and I think what you do how you do it is you pick him you tell him that he's going to be picked for every game and, mm. and he reacts accordingly I think because that's, he's clearly a player who thrives on a confidence and B responsibility. I yeah. think the, I think the responsibility even more than the confidence yeah. I also yeah. think it's always spoken a lot on the pod about how we thought the dip in form maybe has something to do with uh, Kabai coming in. And uh, maybe Kabai was taking a lot of the responsibility and being the playmaker. And I think Kabai's been, I wouldn't say out of sorts, but it's not been the player he was. I don't think that's beginning. unfair to say that. He's looked a lot. He's, um, He's and I think especially, um, albeit watching on a, on a, a dodgy TV screen on, um, on Saturday... I'll be sorry. I'll be whatever, whatever. Kabai again was um, seemed to drift in and out of the game on Saturday, and I, you know, I guess Punch coming back and knowing the importance of the game, knowing the importance of of the result, he you know thought right, this is my chance, and I you know, and he and he took it, and he. What we've always wanted is somebody to to take the 
the game by the scruff of its neck. And I think he did that, even though it was that little moment of magic. And it's what we've always said about the Palace mm. team. We'd, we've been lacking all season. Somebody who could just turn mm. and just do something, just out, out of the blue. And all the, all the, a lot of the teams in the Premier League have got that player. We haven't really had that player all season. And I think Punch and prove that he can be that player. Mm. And I think it's, that, for me, was the most exciting thing, was the fact that we had somebody who was... Well, we, we all know what Balassi can do. We know what Zahar can do. We know what Kabai can do. We know what our great players can do. Punchin did something out of the ordinary on Saturday, well, and that's what won the game. Well, so I think the, thing, the thing with Punchin is he's, he's, he's always worked hard, but when he's in, he does the really inventive stuff in the final third mm. where it matters. Whereas Kabai, we know Kabai's a good player, but we've discussed it long and hard. We haven't seen the sort of creative impetus that we thought we would see. Yeah. And when he has made good passes, they tend to be passes from deep that, that you know, look good and they're good passes, but they're setting up somebody else. He's still quite a long way from goal, whereas Punchin is just much more dynamic, much more positive, and tends to look ahead mm. and tends to rather. And, and he can run with the ball as well. That's the other thing that we've lacked. He's, he's got the ability to pass the ball, but also to take it to take it in a tight situation and run at the central defenders. Which he we, likes to yeah. shoot. He likes to shoot as well. Yeah, he can and, shoot, you know, and he can shoot. And yeah. a lot of our players are sometimes quite nervous or just don't want to shoot. Yeah, mm. he's more direct as well, isn't he? And I think like we need, as Kevin has said in previous pods. You just need some people driving at the defence sometimes. Yeah. You need someone to literally literally carry the ball from one third to the next. And we know Punching can do that, but why, Andy, has he not been doing that in the previous part of the season? And, and, and now, as with previous seasons, in the latter part, is he finally sort of finding his feet? Well, players go in and out of form, you know, yeah, even I mean. if they're not suffering periods out of the team like Punching has had because of injury. You know, it's a rare player who stays in form for 38 yeah. games and fit for those 38 games. And... You know, he's come back into a team that was low on confidence and that was playing probably more and more direct in style because of that lacking confidence aspect to it. And he's come in and he's one of the few players who we've got who can retain the ball between the opposition midfield and their defence. He's one of the few who is able to always buy himself some time and some space. And, he, you know, even before he went out, there was that stat that you quoted on this podcast about him still creating chances. The thing that captures, you know, fans' imaginations and their eyes is someone who scores goals. So as soon as he comes back in and scores a goal, yeah. you know, it wasn't that he was playing, I don't think, manifestly badly earlier in the season. He's probably playing a little bit below his part. But I, just, I still think he's a fantastic player. I think he's probably in the top 10 Palace players that there have been in terms of technical ability mm. and impact at the very top level. There have been other people who've been more cult hero-y. There have been people who have played longer and with more sort of fabled moments for the club. But you struggle to pick a player who in the top league for Crystal Palace has had more of an impact than Jason Ponchin. Yeah. I, think, I think that's a really interesting point that we forget sometimes that it's like racehorses. Sometimes there's no apparent reason why they have a bad race. It's, and sometimes a footballer, he might have a knock that he doesn't even—he's not even aware of himself. He might—he might have had a row with his girlfriend. <laughs> there's all sorts of things going. We know that he's a very intense person. We know that he, he can be quite difficult to manage, apparently. But you know, but even again, Gordon Stratton was raving about it. Like Street, he was raving about his ability. He's a, a genuine. Premier League player but sometimes you because you're right we do assume we go well, what's the reason why is this happening and sometimes just people have off days yeah. and as simple as that and we look for different means and sometimes he comes like you say he comes back into a team where there's four, got four people different to the last team he played in and, yeah. and, and it's just playing a slightly different system and of course since he's been away they've got increasingly more tense and nervous as each game goes by so he comes back in fully fit where the others are Sort of looking to play on the back foot a bit scared. So it's, it's. Yeah, we've always said we've got somebody on on the Homesdale online said it on. So we've got a top eight team, 
but are not a top eight squad. Yeah. So yeah. And Punchin is one of those players that without Punchin, without MacArthur, without Kabai playing really well, without Balassi, Zahar playing really well, then of course we're going to struggle. And just, just mention it there about cult heroes. Could could Punchin be in the uh, the category of cult hero? I mean, I in the way that he's clearly a, a Croydon lad. You saw the emotion on Saturday. Loves playing for Palace. It means a lot to him. I Does think that tip I, him into cult hero? I think what happened on Saturday will has certainly taken him up the notch a little bit, without a doubt. I think you know, I think he's definitely up there. I think the fact he is one of our own, as we mm. like to sing, you know, and it, it was an amazing thing he did. And I think yeah. anybody's going to forget that. We've had a terrible run. You know, we yeah. haven't won an all flipping year. You know, you can't. We'll all. It's one of those moments that we're going to. When in a few years' time, when we sat around this table, you'll go back on this day. But yes, I do think he has the ability to do it, and you know, let's let's hope he can do that over the next few but weeks. But I think well. it's only recently. It's only in the past three or four months that he's been, he was one of the most divisive figures for Palace fans. Yes. Hmm. He caused as many arguments as any player, Palace player. And those of us who are massive fans of his couldn't understand why people didn't, didn't see what we saw in him. And also the thing about him being a local, that's, only, that's sort of fairly new information for a lot of us. It's only sort of now that they're starting to remind people that he is a local boy and that he's a really good really good role model for, hmm. for some of the younger kids from, from different backgrounds. In it. But you could see... Any Palace fan watching that on Saturday, watching his reaction, it brings tears to your own eye. Because when you see somebody, well, it means as much to them as it means to us. And, mm. and God knows we've seen enough Palace teams who have gone through the motions mm. and, and, and don't look like they care. And you saw how much it meant to him. And for whatever reason, I mean, you, you, I can't recall seeing a player cry no. after no. scoring a goal. That was before. like Tardelli in 82. But what's brilliant as well is, and maybe it's a sign of that there's more emotional maturity just in the world than there was 20, 30 years ago. No one took the piss out of him. No. No yeah. one went, what's, what's the matter with him? Everyone no. understood what it meant to him and the run that we'd been through. And that was a, a real cathartic moment. And it was brilliant. And it was wonderful that everyone picked up on it, and you know, even the the, the memes that went around were, were kind of like, "This is great," rather than yeah. "What an idiot!" And it's it's brilliant to see because we know that he's a what sort of background he's from, and he's not he's not somebody that we've associated with being sentimental or tearful. So for him to react like that was mm. was well, it clearly brilliant. matters to him, which, yeah, which it matters, matters, to, matters him. to the fans and as and well. You, of course, and all fans ever want to see. It's, Claudio Ranieri said a brilliant thing. He said, "If we get beaten by a better team, fine, we get beaten by a better team, and they've got to prove that they're better than us." And the fact is, all any football fan wants to see is because there will be teams that beat us because they're better than us. But all you want to see is that your players just give absolutely everything. And then if they lose, they lose. But if they if they do what what Punchin did, and that's the one thing you, you can honestly say throughout this whole run <clears throat> that for all that lots of players individually have come in for criticism and rightly so, you could never say any of them have stopped trying mm. or stopped being committed. And sometimes they've been overcommitted because they're trying too much, but you yeah. can never lay that at their door. They've, mm. been, they've been wanting in all sorts of areas, as has the management, without a doubt. But they, the players have never stopped trying. And you could see you could see afterwards, you could see what it meant to all of them afterwards. Mm. You could, you know, and, and also what's important is you saw, I think, with Allardyce's reaction yesterday when he said, there's, there's only one team we can catch now. And you saw Allardyce was just distraught. He was so flat after that yesterday. Mm. Pardew looked like he'd been through the ringer on Saturday, but you saw what an important result it was to all of them, and not not just in the fact that we finally got that monkey off our back, but in what it meant for our league position. Because that's the other bizarre thing. I was working with a producer today, he's an Everton fan. He made a really good point. He said, "You're unhappy." He said, "You've you haven't 
won a game in 116 days and you're only two points behind us yeah yeah. <laughs> so imagine how unhappy Everton fans are mm. when you've been the shittest team in the top nine divisions mm. and you could go 12th on, on we could go on yeah. we could yeah. go 12th on yeah. Wednesday night on goal difference yeah. so I don't know what that says about the rest of the Premier League but it does indicate that the first part of the season was actually generally much better than we maybe gave it credit for yeah. at the time it was over, over, such an overperformance I think yeah, but whether it was or not but we I don't maybe we Spent too much time saying this is another performance rather than saying actually this is this is great. This is really or maybe we built up such a cushion of points that we've gone through that and we're still. Yeah. But then, we, but then yeah. when the corresponding underperformance came, I think people were, were getting a little bit into the sort of self-indulgent naval gaze and a bit too far and going, you know, this is a terrible team. They look like a championship yeah, team it, in the it, making without it, taking it, into no. account the fact that there were you know rubs of the green going against us and you know the fact that there will be human error with some oh, refereeing decisions yeah, so yeah, some yeah. of that stuff can go against you there was all this sort of you know narrative that Palace are destined to go down when yeah. it, it was never anything more than a very slight possibility the, the performance against Norwich yeah it was great to see us get a win it was great to see punching back in the team playing well and getting a goal there wasn't that much better a performance than a lot of the ones we put in recently yeah, arguably but arguably, yeah, worse, 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 arguably indeed, worse indeed but in, in that match you know you end up with sort of there's been debate whether or not it's a penalty on Delaney's push or not you can you, you know you probably argue that one way or the other but whereas in previous weeks with like the Benteke incident this time it goes for us you know Hennessy comes out late and manages to spill it yet again yeah. that ends up not being converted by Norwich because it falls to the powder puff uh, yeah. Patrick Bamford, Bamford. you know th- it's, it's these small margins that have been going against us for a couple of months perhaps undeservedly so and that now well, finally will start to turn they have started to turn we, we talked about after the Liverpool game we talked about half jokingly about yeah, referees probably get together and say come on they've had their share of bad luck since then we've had the Reading penalty yeah which was 50-50. Yeah. We've had the sending off at West Ham, which we debated last week, and I still think that they were wrong to rescind that, but we've had I that, agree. Yeah. which was again went in our favour. That penalty went in our favour. So right. we've had three massive decisions that have gone in our favour. guys think that Delaney shoulder, what did Pardew call it? Uh, could have gone either way. Robust, 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 it, yeah. It, what do you think? To me, to me I didn't think it didn't occur to me that it was a penalty. To me, it looked as from where the referee was, it looked like the Norwich player kind of went towards Delaney rather than the other way around, and it looked shoulder to shoulder. And it's interesting because it was only when he got up and started moaning that the rest of the Norwich players yeah. sort of saw it as a penalty. You'd be disappointed if it was given. I played on Sunday you know, for my new Sunday team, and one of our defenders, I played right back, yeah. and uh, for the last twenty minutes and struggled, um, but. <laughs> The, our centre-back did the exact same thing for one of their players. It was, it was a shoulder barge in the box, and the ball came across, and no one said anything. No one claimed yeah, anything, refereed or anything. Yeah. So maybe it's context. I think if well. the Norwich player had been in front of him, arguably, but the Norwich player was at his side, so yeah. it kind of looked like Delaney had just been... But it might have been one, James, that if we'd have had it at the last minute, we'd have been calling for it possibly. Of course, of course yeah. Course, it could have gone either yeah, way. Cool. You know, either way. You know, and As Kev's just said, you know, sometimes these go for you, sometimes they don't. We're lucky... Lucky, lucky, it's not lucky, but in the last sort of big three decisions have gone our way. Hmm. A few have gone the other way. Yeah. And that's why, and it's, they always say it evens itself out, whether it actually does or not, I don't know. But there's an element of truth in that saying, obviously. You know, and maybe it was a penalty. If it had gone the other way, if it you know, been the, the other way around, we'd be sat here moaning that it's, you know. Yeah. And I'd, so, I'd, I'd know. say fair play to Norwich manager as well for not making a big thing about it. Yeah. For just saying it was, I didn't really see it. It was, it was a challenge. He said it was a penalty, but. I haven't got really much to comment on. So, I think that was in in many ways that was a. I was surprised by how nervous 
we looked. We looked very, very. Which hard you, hard you admitted after I, the game. Yeah, because I, I genuinely thought that after off the back of the West Ham result, they would sort of be really on the front foot. I mean, obviously, it, it's it's out. It sounds like this is such a truism. That's a much worse result for Norwich because Norwich clearly, with their tails up, clearly thought that you know we were there to be taken and uh, that. Yeah, we, but it was a it, it was a shocking result for Newcastle because we couldn't have asked for anything more on Friday if we'd said yeah. we know what we want to happen we yeah. want to win those two lose and and the fact is just watching Newcastle and Sunderland play yesterday they don't look like teams that are capable of no. winning the three or four games that they need they simply you can't see that happening. No, I can't see and it. this time last season Leicester were, were well on the way to their their fantastic like seven out of nine you just can't see I don't know no. Newcastle got us to play and Villa but you, you can't see where well, Norwich I thought for a team that had won uh, a couple of games and were on the up look, I thought looked quite poor they didn't really sort of offer that I, wasn't, I was quite surprised how poor they were actually I, th- I thought they'd come out fighting a lot more because it, it not that it meant more to them than to us but you know they had less points than us yeah <laughs> but as that. The, the fact is we did mention this on last week's but the, the, their result against Man City was a really good result but West Brom had literally nothing to play for, and everyone said that it was a much worse game than our one on Saturday. There was like one chance between them, and they beat Newcastle. So, and also you have to remember that, that until the West Brom game, they'd lost seven out of eight away games, scoring only one or two goals. So they're not suddenly a good team. Mm. But I thought it was helpful for us that they thought they were suddenly mm. a good team and that they yeah. did have that momentum. Because I would have been. I'd be more worried if they hadn't won for five, six games because that's the sort of game we really mm. struggle against. Well, they hadn't yeah. won at Selhurst for 20 no, years. Again, and then, which and is that everyone brought up for the game and thought, well, that's going to end. Yeah, these yeah. Are, <laughs> the thing is, and also, well, because we knew that Bamford, we all yeah. thought and Bamford's going to score, Jerome's going to score. How bad was Bamford? But the, awful. <laughs> but the, the <laughs> thing is that players do notice it. It's like our, our record at West Ham has been decent recently yeah. hmm. so when you look at it you go oh, in contacts that's fine and, and but players know somebody would have told the Norwich player oh, you haven't won here since yeah. 1995 yeah. and of that does yeah. you do suddenly yeah. and, and that, even if that puts like 2% of, of like, uncertainty into their head but also somebody would have said to Norwich Palace have lost the last six at Sellers Park yeah of course yeah, yeah. exactly so that was in, and that was as important as anything that we didn't lose that yeah. that we didn't go because that would have been our record I think wouldn't it seven Mm. on the spin defeats it would have been we looked so year. nervous I was surprised how, as Kev just alluded to I was very surprised how nervous we were actually really really nervous and I just thought you've got the home crowd there you know, you're at home it's a, a six pointer you know inverted commas but I was surprised well, it was literally nervous. a six pointer really it well it wasn't literally, literally but we ended up six no, no, points ahead of it wasn't literally yeah. six okay, it wasn't literally you get three points for a win figuratively it was no even figuratively they're not it was as close yeah. to a six pointer as you can <laughs> you can get yeah okay. if you're a talk sport presenter man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I thought oh, it was interesting as well that Pardew went out of his way to praise the fans afterwards as well yeah for the first time in a long time he was really and the reaction was fantastic and we he did start with Gale as we predicted okay well that was one of my, yeah. my notes to take because uh, I'm, I wasn't here for the last pod obviously although I'm sure it was fantastic I mean I listened to it it was fantastic well done um, but, uh, uh, but Gail I mean Gail is a subject we've talked about a lot of times on the pod he, he finally got a start do you think I personally feel like Gail was actually a bit of a better impact off the bench but do you think he earned another start or, or, or do you think I, really maybe I, that's not I don't a role think, for him I think the, the one thing that neither of none of us foresaw talking about it on last week's pod that Gale would be in at the expense of Zahar which it was that, that Sacco and Gale would start I, don't mm-hmm. think, I think we all thought it would be Gale instead of Sacco and Palacio and Zahar so that 
was slightly odd. But I, I, I agree with you. I do think he's a, a better impact player. And a, and again, he's, he's better as, as a, what part of a two. So His, his movement yeah. is just fundamentally not in, intelligent enough to unlock a defence when mm. they're not tired yet. You yeah. know, first 60 minutes yeah. when, when a opposition defence in the Premier League and they're all now you know physically intimidating and well conditioned in the first 60 minutes of a match he just doesn't have a yeah. great deal of impact unless there's a, yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. fundamental error made by someone and something drops to him and yes there's always that possibility that that might happen but quite often he, he will still you know remain a passenger in those sorts of games did, did, I think there's a place for him in the, in the squad un, un, undeniably because you look at the number of times he's come off the bench and made you know some sort of impact over the time that he's been at mm. Palace there seems to be a suggestion in my head at least that 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 is something that you know you'd want to retain for and he's apparently just signed a new contract but did he did he play in the West Brom game at home we probably lost. We won two 0 But you remember that was our because that was the the game where we just we just passed them to death and we just kept running in behind them. And then from the seven, oh, where Zaha played a blind. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Back then, in and then, but then from seventy minutes on, <laughs> we scored the two goals quite late. Yeah. But from seventy minutes on, West Brom looked totally out on their feet because we had run. Mm. And I, yeah. I, I wanted to know if Galbert, whoever it was, but we just ran. Whoever was up front, just the movement was just taking their centre backs all over yeah. the place, and we just exhausted their back four. And I, you kind of think if Gale can do that and just constantly chase them down, harry them, which he did bring, at home to Man United, did a very yeah, good yeah, forward yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he, I, he's always. I don't think anyone at Palace has solved the conundrum of what no. is best. No. And the problem with Gale is you always get these flashes where you think, oh, here we go, we're going to get something out of him now, and yeah, then the next yeah, game yeah, nothing yeah, happens. Like it, yeah. there's a lot of sort of uh, false dawns with, with, with Gale. Yeah, again, I don't think Gale's a player who thrives on responsibility mm. in the way that punching does I think like you say I think Gale's a great option to come on when you need to go direct and, and then just get a flick and get in behind yeah, yeah, but even yeah. then he's kind of like it's he doesn't always look capable. Gail did start the West Brom Yeah, I thought... Sorry, I know what I'm talking about. I just had a feeling that did was one of his it? better games because he he was really mobile in that game, I think. Yeah. yeah. That well, was, that was a very good team performance. Yeah, but I, mean, I think that was, yeah. was, was Kabai's best game. But also that, well, there are flashes it, of it. You know, the, yeah, the, he but, was, by all accounts, brilliant at the Man United game at home that I missed um, where he played that sort of lone role yeah, he was, on yeah. his own and apparently was, you know, incredibly mobile, got about the pitch well, linked up well. But I mean, the, the problem is that for every, you know, one performance like that where he started, there have been three where he started where he's not really made a great deal of well, impact from the start. I was really surprised to find last week because you, you wouldn't have known this. Mm. Um, Mike came out with a good start because because I just blithely said that most Palace fans said well he tends to score when he plays, but he doesn't. His scoring record is actually quite poor in the Premier League. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. He hadn't scored a goal for a long time, so he's he's. he's his goals right. to minute record is as bad as anybody else in right, the club, okay. which, oh, which surprised me because I thought, I, I thought, and, and like everybody else did, oh yeah, he scores, but he, he actually doesn't mm. that much. But he does. He does seem to get himself in positions. Mm. That's you know that's the thing. It's you know, and he does seem to be. But again, I think only late on. You know, yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And, and Pardew's obviously not convinced by him, even though no. he did start him. He's obviously not. There's definitely something there, and there's definitely a role for him. But the question is, what role, and does it fit in with? the way Palace is playing at the moment yeah. and I, I think, think the thing I'm, is as well if, if Connor stays fit for a run yeah. of 10, 15, 20 games there's no way that Dwight is ever starting any of those matches he might may well come yeah. on and replace him to sort of change up the sort of shape of the team or to do a like for like even but yeah. he's never starting ahead of Wickham if Wickham's fit uh, no, again though because Gale was an option you'd like to keep because you, know, you keep Wickham on and then just change it to Longwell because Wickham 
knocking it on to Gale was a really good option. Yeah, you know, we are, and, we need to keep Gale because we need. Yeah, I would like we to need, keep. We need the squad. You know, yeah, yeah I think we need Gale depth, don't we? And there will I be times where we need to play like him. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think. Uh, yeah, the more Premier League experience he gets, he's still only young. But I, I think he is a sort. He's a, would be a quality squad player. Whereas there are others yes, that, that wouldn't. Okay, be, but, speaking of other squad players, um, I think it's, it's fair that we give a nod to Mile Jednak, who uh, I personally think, thought was, was man of the match and was absolutely fantastic. I, I think we also have to give a nod to Suarez as well, who came in for a lot of criticism, who's done well. But Jednak, and we had this conversation three or four weeks ago when we all said, thanks very much, Mile, but it's time, it's yeah. time, it's time yeah. to move on. But, and I think... I do think Saturday was the ideal situation for him, like in the trenches with the mm. bullets flying against a fairly limited team. But he played well at West Ham. He's, he's, well, I don't know if he surprised us all, but he's reminded us what a good player he can mm. be in that sort of situation. And also, he's just his leadership qualities. And he's, I think, I think he's been much more vocal in the last couple of games. I think he's talking to referees more than he used to. I think he's talking to the other players more than he used to. So. Well, he's had a bit of a run, hasn't he? He's had yeah, a run, which yeah, he, he hasn't yeah. had for a long yeah. time. It was a perfect um, game for him, yeah. wasn't it, really? But yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, so I, I, think, should, yeah. I should mention, we, uh, we, we got a big criticism on Twitter because uh, our, our, our lad, Matt, that runs our Twitter account, uh, who lives in America and watches the games on TV so he can do up-to-date mm. tw- tweets, um, didn't include Jednak in the Man of the Match poll. Um, whereas everyone was at the game, I think could agree he was probably yeah, the best yeah, player. Yeah, but James, yeah. you watched it on TV well, as well. And I watched it on, t- you said the I same watched thing. on TV, and and I looked at Twitter after the game and saw the list of the four players that were for man of the match, and I was going, okay, yeah. Didn't even think about Jenak, and then saw the barrage of abuse that FYP were getting <laughs> yeah. for not including Jenak. I was a bit surprised, and I've spoken to a few people since uh, who were at the game, including your good self. And everyone's saying he had a great game. It just proves to me that you watch a game on TV and you don't know, you know, he had a good game for on watching it on a TV, on a laptop. Mm. He had a good game. He definitely did not come across as being man of the match at all. But is it an indication? And, 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 and I wasn't swayed by the commentary because I was listening to Swedish commentary. Yeah. So and it was all a bit, it was all a bit chef-like. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> a little joke for everyone there. But but good, it's um, good reference. It, yeah. everyone, it doesn't. Everyone under forty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. uh, didn't. It didn't come across as him being man of the match at all. But is it? But, but the thing is, the the thing that Kez, Kez was saying. It's the, it's the leadership qualities, it's the talking, it's the talking to everybody. It's, they're the things that you don't see on TV. Well, that was my question. Because all you say, see yeah. is the ball. You see the ball and wherever the ball is. But is, it, is it an indication that Jednak actually does a lot more, maybe, Andy, than he gets credit for? He's going to be always, I think, a slightly divisive player mm. in that there are certain people who really, you know, fundamentally now see our role as a team and as a club in that league as having changed who probably view him as being a hark back to the era in which we played, like the Pulis team, like the sort of, you know, outlier that was sort of busting in on someone else's party and gate crashing the Premier League. And those those people quite often like the idea now of us having a more mobile and a better passing and, you know, more functional and fluid midfield. But, you know, they're not always going to be fit. And he is, I think, one of those players who, because of how he plays and because of the nature of his game, if he doesn't have the run of games when he first comes back in, because he hasn't mm. got that natural technical ability to rely upon, he will look awful. You know, and he did look awful when he first came back into the team for us this year, just because he didn't have that sharpness. And if you you play the role that he does, because so much of it is about the work that you do off the ball, you do need to have have had a run of games. Now, whether or not you would want us to accommodate someone who does have sort of those clear flaws in his on ball game 
for the sake of that off-ball game? I don't know. I mean, I certainly think that some of the criticism he's had has been a little bit unwarranted, even when he did first come back in. And I think when you've earned as much capital as you should have as a player like him with mm. the history that you've got with Palace and the fact that you've demonstrated what your sort of natural strengths are and what your flaws are, there should have been a little bit more of accommodation from the fans in their views of him. But I, I still think there's a, a squad role for him to play there. If he's happy to... And again, it's a difficult but one. But the thing is, you're talking about a squad role, but it's, it's, it's a squad role where he needs a run of games. And you don't always. I suppose. He's and I, I suppose now. that's a difficulty, really. Yeah, that's a difficulty where you're shot. But Un- unlike Dwight Gale, who you can br- bring on as an yeah. impact player, you can't bring Jednak as an impact uh, player. Yeah. Because he's he's not going to have the impact. But well, and Pardew did try a plan like that early in the season. Yeah, yeah, times where he'd bring him on for like you know the last twenty minutes to shore stuff up, and it didn't always work because of that. Yeah, exactly. His other problem, and it's a problem that players at every team have got, is that everyone goes, he's not Kante or Drinkwater. Mm. Why haven't we got every every other team in the Premier League? Why haven't we got somebody who runs like they do? Uh, bear in mind that Leicester didn't know they had two players that could do that <laughs> yeah. when they brought yeah. him in. But he can't. But but Jednat's, that's not Jednat's game. No, Jednat's fantastic. Put him in front of the back four. Tell him not to move him twenty yards. That's what he can do. But he's not. He hasn't got that energy. And but he, he was never that box to box player. No. He was never somebody who could carry the ball. His job's always been win the ball, win the tackle, give it to somebody close mm. to you who can do better things with it. But I think he should be praised because he he must know what his place in the pecking order in the team is. He must know that if everybody's fit, he doesn't start. Yeah. And he's never sulks. He comes in and he gives, mm-hmm. he does what he does to the best of his ability. And it's really interesting. I was talking to a, a West Ham fan today who was talking about the game last season. And he's just saying, all his mates were going, oh, fair play to Jednak, and, you know, even with the elbow. Going, yeah, it's not, you can't bully him. You can't intimidate him. And, yeah. I, and I think we are a stronger team because he does, he, he he is the sort. He looks like he's saying to other players, "If you do that, you do it at Zahar again." Yeah, I'm gonna have we're going yeah. to have words. And he yeah. is the first, he is talking. He's talking to the referee all the time, mm. and he's standing up for the other players. And you do, you do need that. But the trouble is, and it's interesting what you say about watching him on telly. Mm. Even sometimes in the ground, you, he's like Pardew used to be as a player. You can't yeah. really spot what he, what it is he does yeah. because yeah. what it is he does is. He's so very simple, yes, and it's not. It's off the ball. Yeah, it's very, it's very unflamboyant, and it really yeah, proved but, it watching the game on the yeah. on, on a TV screen and hearing everybody's comments afterwards. Yeah. and I was, you know, I, I wish I'd seen the Jack of old in a sense. Yeah. I wish yeah, I'd yeah, seen yeah. it. It felt like it. Like, yeah, well, that's well, that's how it's, it's coming across from people, yeah. and I'm really glad he he did that because if you'd have said to me. If you spoke to me after the game, I'd have said, hey, he was all right. He, he actually played one of his better games of the season. Wasn't definitely not man of the match, but I'm pleased that he was. And I, it proves again that we need him. We need, And, you know, we were moaning about him on, not moaning about him on the pod, but we no, were, we were saying, we were, not, we we were saying, saying see you later. Yeah, we like him. But, but the thing is, we've got him, even the Jedinak of old didn't hit passes more than 20, no, 30 no, yards never, and, no. was slow, and slowed, slowed the game down if we were trying to hit, mm, do yeah. slick passing. And he didn't carry the ball more than fit. but but that's what he did, and that's. But that game on Saturday needed somebody like Jedinak. Yeah, yeah, he needed Jedinak. Yeah, yeah. Now, if if he hadn't been fit, or if he wasn't playing, if other players were fit and were, would would we have had the performance we had? I don't know. I don't know. But he definitely needed a player like Jedinak. It needed yeah. somebody in the middle, orchestrating through shouting and through getting stuck in and through just bringing. As I said earlier on about punch, how he dragged everybody up mm. by that bit of skill. I guess what Jen and I did, he did the same thing just by being vocal and just by being and there by sheer and being in people's face. And but also, let's not forget, he's a big, big physical presence yeah. at both ends of the pitch as well. Got a big beard, he's imposing. Yeah, but no, just the size of him as well. Because yeah. when you no, see him close up, so you know, he's he is. 
and sort of defensively, you know, defending free kicks and attacking free kicks. Yeah, he's, he's a really useful one to have about. I think ultimately, if we want, if we have aspirations of consistently finishing yeah. in a higher position than we have, and we probably will this season, you probably do need upgrades on players like yes. Jack but yes. he would be still a fantastic signing for any team who's yeah. just coming up or any team in the bottom yeah. four Newcastle would have been far better mm-hmm. off signing I'll, a player I'll, like him I'll, than going yeah. for Absolutely. John Joe Shelby Def- despite Absolutely. the far yes. better technical yeah. ability yeah. in January yeah. and that of itself is deserving of respect because yeah. he's that Absolutely. sort of player yeah. and because he can react in the way he does to adversity and has done repeatedly for Palace and I think perhaps you know, notwithstanding all, all the limitations, he's perhaps, you know, some fans have lost sight of that a, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and, and, and to be fair, he's, he's not the only one in this squad that needs an upgrade. No. You, no. Could, you could argue that there's only four or five who don't, really, so it's not just him. Well, speaking of, speaking of four or five, Andy alluded to earlier, and I want to round off part one with this, with, with a bit of a stat, because I know you guys like a stat sometimes. Um, and talking about, has actually this whole run come down to a bit of misfortune with injuries? Because there's a chap who tweeted us, and his name was... Devin Mendenhall and he uh, did a bit of research into four key players at Palace and how we did with them and without them and those four key players are Punchin, Balassi, Zaha and Kabai oh not MacArthur Uh, not MacArthur interesting Uh, yeah yeah. Yeah, very interesting and uh, with with them with the four of them in the team we played 15 games this season won 26 points which is a 55% return without them 17 games is that without all of them or one of them or any of them uh, I believe without it's without all of them. Without all of them, seventeen games, twelve point return, twenty four percent return. Yeah. So is that an indication that actually maybe we've been a bit unlucky and we do actually rely on our on our big game players? Well, not the, the, the fact you can is, spin a stat though, can't you? Yeah, this, it's, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, it's not unlucky to have a not have a stronger squad. That's not luck. And the fact is, if you look at Leicester, Leicester have been remarkably lucky in that they've kept the core of that team, and that if Leicester had lost Mares. Kante Vardy for long periods of time their squad's not good enough and if and they, we'd have kept this and, yeah and they wouldn't yeah. be where they were if we'd kept you know if, if Lee hadn't scored that goal against Stoke the idiot Velassi but the fact is the fact is and that's a, it's a great step but the fact is it indicates how shallow our squad is mm-hmm. yes because if you want to thrive in the Premier League you look at Tottenham Tottenham squad is fantastic because they've yeah. got basically they've got two first teams and we simply haven't got that and it just you, if if we want, and and Andy's, I know Andy gets stick because people think he's unromantic or uns- or he's he's. That's Jenny says I know, but it's just like <laughs> the fact is that Andy's right, and we do we you do have to bite the bullet and say there's a lot of players that we have to say thanks, you've been brilliant, but you're a squad player at best, and mm-hmm. it indicates again that our transfer window was piss poor for whatever reason, and it indicates that our squad isn't simply isn't deep enough, and but uh, oddly. At the start of the season, we all thought that we had a, the a really good, a, a really yeah, good squad, did. and it transpires that we have it. But any any team, if you take McArthur out and, and Strachan again, McArthur was the one that Strachan was really going on about. What a good player! If you take five of your best players out, of course you're going to struggle. Yeah, of course, and of course you. And I think possibly the only consolation is that we didn't lose any of the back four for any length of time because that mm. might have been even worse because we mm. simply we're even shorter of cover Kelly's the only cover really if you think that Hangerland's probably God love him is another one on that list of people that have been really good players but even he's, saying that when yeah. Hangland did come in yeah, from did no fair eight, point, one or two yeah. games yeah, yeah. the yeah. season he was immense yeah. Yeah. we were all fair like singing his praise again yeah. that was when we were thinking we had a great squad yeah, yeah but I mean, every team United have struggled I mean every team yeah. would yeah. Yeah. yeah the one thing I've always thought about Pardew and I think it with him here is one of the reasons he seems in my view to sometimes get these really streaky runs 
I mean, we've spoken about it in, in other aspects in previous weeks. But one of the things, he seems to really know who his best 11 mm. are and how he wants mm. to play them and in, in what manner he wants to play yeah. them. But there doesn't seem to be always a huge amount of sort of contingency playing. What if he's out? What am I going to do yeah. then? Yeah. How am yeah. I going to reshape really yeah. the player if those two are out, yeah. if those three are out? And because of that, we've looked a little bit, you know, like we've been sort of plastered together yeah. towards yeah. towards you know the end of this run and when the injuries were really starting to hit deep. So that's the first thing. Second thing is... Um, one thing that just strikes me with, with recruitment, and we went out in, in the summer and we signed all these sort of you know players who were very good, but not necessarily in the weakest positions or the positions where you know we, we had a glaring sort of deficiency. There's this great book called The Numbers Game. It's all about sort of stats and yeah. football and stuff. And one of the fundamental arguments he makes in that is that it's worth more points to a team if they upgrade their weakest position and get a better player in that one weakest position right. than it is if they get someone like a Kabai in a position where they're okay, doing okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Right. And there have been, I think, certain instances where we've not always looked throughout the squad and said, what's our weakest position in terms of first choice, cover, third choice, yeah, and then try to bolster on in that manner. It's always been that slightly Pardew-esque sort of recruitment style of, right, we'll recruit for the first team, but we won't look about the whole mix. And I think if we're going to really push on in the summer, we perhaps need to get that balance a bit better. Well, I think the other thing as well with, with Palace is that if, if you look at Leicester, if Leicester had, had, have, did have to bring players in, it's no easy way to say no, it. But no, if, no. if no, Leicester had right. third-person subjunctive yeah, past fine. tense, Nailed but Sorry. if Leicester had been in a situation where they needed to bring players in, they've got such a fixed system that all those players would have just stepped in like for like they would yeah. have known exactly what their job is with the system well Palace haven't mm. there is no you, you can't really point to the style of play so you can't just go right he's out so we'll bring somebody in to do exactly the same job maybe not as good as so you can't it's like oh, Blassie's out so we'll bring Sacco in to do what Blassie does but you don't quite know what Balassi does because he's not got so a fixed you don't know what Sacco does. Well, you know, but you know what I mean. But there's no fixes. That you don't go right. Leicester have got that system that and that style of play. So whoever comes in is just knows exactly what to do because they they train they shadow yeah. shadow it all week. So when players our players come in and they're not quite sure what role they've got because it's mm. a bit in, apart from the back five. It's always been really fluid. You're never quite sure what you can't, you can't point to one way of playing and say that right. Pardew's four three three four two because it simply isn't. So and what happens? So that means that when players are injured, somebody else comes in. He tries to sort of tinker with the shape to accommodate the players that we've got available. Yeah, and that's well, something else. That one thing we won't tinker with is the format of the pod because oh, the next oh, the next oh, part oh, is oh he's match fit isn't he? Match just fit. that week off. Just that. what when I was doing this last week, I had to think for about ten minutes for this. With him, it's like a reflex. Wow, amazing. 176 points. It's like a pro. Anyway, he doesn't even go. Speaking of which, yeah, I know. That's great. Right, part two. We've got questions from our listeners. That's the end of part one. So join us in a bit. Yes, welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey! hey. Uh, Pod one seventy six, sponsored by Vector Printing. For all your printing embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a K. 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 And uh, the Vector uh, FYP Vector with a K exclusive T-shirts are available on sale now. Ooh! Uh, go to tshirtmonster.com forward slash FYP to order yours today. I will. Good. <laughs> oh no! Uh, and. <laughs> Uh, we're also sponsored, of course, by. Oh no, you've ruined it now. Um, by I don't know what you're going to do for this one. Uh, let's see what happens. I by, do by JCIS. <laughs> JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Oh, okay. Went for the same thing. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, he knows a good thing when it happens. Okay. Um, questions from our listeners. Um, 
a positive nature this week, which hey. is good. And the first question comes from Christopher Gillet. Hi, Christopher. Hi, Christopher. He says, well, we, are you sure, sure that we had a long conversation last week about how well, we pronounced it? Well, it's interesting because Christopher has got an, uh, an addition to his uh, tweet where he explains his name. But I'll read oh. his tweet out first. Okay. Okay. He says, uh, actually, you know what, I won't. He says, uh, given the family's heri- Lancastrian heritage, we've always pronounced the surname Gillet. Gillet. J-I-L-L-I-T. Gillet. Gillet. Yeah, Gillet. I think Gillet sounds better, personally. Gillet. Gillet. Yeah, we guess he lives in Cheshire. Like Gillet. Gillet. We haven't said that for a while, have we? Anyway. Gillet, the best a man can get, doesn't sound... It doesn't. It's not quite the same. Well, it's my wife's Gillian, but with a G, so Gillen? Gillian? Gillian. Gillen is his name of an 80s heavy metal band. I just... Okay. Oh. okay, anyway, Christopher's question uh, says... How would you it, pronounce my name? <laughs> it says, is that a corner turned? Or is it... Uh, yeah, corner turned, question mark. Is it too much to hope for three points against Everton on Wednesday? Is it a corner turned? We've been saying this week after week, haven't we, when Palace got slightly good results. If only but I, 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 if only I had some sort of phrase to represent yeah. <laughs> when something has underperformed <laughs> and then there's a corresponding overperformance. Could you just rewind to that bit where you said we've been saying that week after week when we've got a good result? Yeah. We've only got three points. No, we have. <laughs> when we had the with... point against Swansea, yeah, is it, we said that. Yes, West Ham. Yeah. Oh, well, I wasn't here for West Ham, but... Uh, Sunderland. We have been, yeah, Sunderland's up yeah. Anytime we've had yeah. a point, essentially. Well, that was a, a, always a like, small reprieve, though, wasn't it? Like, if, if it felt genuine relief from the players yeah. after that win. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't quite a turn, it was more of a lean. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah. Well, a corner turn towards what is it? Because it's, our, our goal now is not to go down, so it was, it's, it's not a corner turn towards anything other than salvaging a pretty poor second half of the season. But you'd imagine. But it could be if we end if we end up twelfth or thirteenth or fourteenth, depending yeah, on how we do, and then get the FA Cup uh, final. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the it won't be the, seen as that bad, will it? The Everton thing's interesting because their away form is much better than their home form, but they lost to Man U, and, and they also have one of the most overrated managers there's been yeah. in the Premier League for the last five years. But they're also oh. about. To, this is going to be their third away game on the trot which you think must start to get them a little bit tired. Mm. And also, I think they must be aware of the fact that, if, ludicrously, we could go above them if we win. Having said that, as we talked about Norwich's away form previously, our home form is still pretty abject. Mm. Um, but it's slightly odd having a game, the only game of the night. And I, I just, you, you, you kind of think, well, you never can tell a palace, but you do generally hope that surely after Saturday there will mm. be going to that more boy also Everton w- will come out they will give us more space to play because they, they can't stop themselves they just can't st- and that's interesting what Andrew says about Martinez because he's the sort of manager that the fans of every other club that he doesn't manage yeah. really likes you really like yeah. watching his Everton teams fans are really frustrated with them aren't they totally they've totally yeah. turned again I mean that's really unlike them because they're good fans for them to publicly display that yeah. banner on well, maybe, maybe he's not even overrated anymore maybe it's yeah. just accepted that he's not that good I, th- I think he's well, he's good at certain things. Good yeah. at cut runs, you know, and he's good at getting his team to retain yeah. possession, but he's not very good at getting them organised yeah. at all. Yeah, also there's a world of difference between... Uh, that sounds familiar. Very <laughs> well, yeah. There's a world of difference. He's just been over-promoted because there's a world of difference between managing a team like Wigan, who yeah. are patronised, let's face it, when they're in the Premier League and anything they do 
was a bonus. Mm. Even then, he took them down. I know, that's what I mean, but but you kind of... The thing is, he gets away with that because you go, well, it's amazing that they kept... They stayed there in the first place. So you kind of go, well, of course they went down because it's Wigan, but... Mm. I thought Everton were very brave in taking them on. The, the fact is, he only seems to know one way to play football, that sort of expansively. And the, yeah, the, the players, let's face it, the players, every single player he's got in his first 11 would. You'd oh, that's pick a fantastic team. Yeah. But they can't stop themselves. They just bomb on, they just keep attacking, and, and that will hopefully play into our hands a little bit. Yeah. Whereas, you know, they're not going to come and do what Norwich did and, and pack the defence and wait to see what happens. Yeah, It does take a special yeah. type of managerial ineptitude to take bare, bare materials oh, as good as Stones and Barkley and make them look like Palace yeah. players. And Lukaku. Frankly. Well, Stones, Barkley, Lukaku, Baines, yeah. Coleman. Yeah, Coleman. Yeah. They're all yeah, good players. Yeah. 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 And they should, they, they, they should yeah, justifiably yeah. be you know, easily within the top seven teams in the Premier League. And yeah. They, they shouldn't, be two, they shouldn't be two points ahead of us. I can't okay. believe well, that. We, we will preview that and the Arsenal No game point anymore. In, just oh, done we've it. done that. Okay, yeah, we'll just, just do Arsenal in part three. Just get the bus now. But there did seem no, to be... It's a special now, though. It's a different... So when it goes out, it will be... No, we're not doing it this week. No, oh, no, no extra Wednesday. this week no because, because oh, of the no midweek mid, oh. mid games are ruining everything. Um, anyway, one of you there a few minutes ago, I don't know who, touched on the fact that, I think it was Andy, that actually after this game there was a visible emotional kind of lift from the players. You know, that I don't think we've had in 2016 after the draws. There was a bit... It did feel a bit more like this is... But it was a weight a lifted because it, it was a victory, yeah. and that leads yeah. me into my next question, which is from Al. Hi, Al. Hi, Al. He says, uh, "Following hey, which Al is this? It's not. I'm not sure, but you can um, call me Al if you want. I knew you were going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I looked into your eyes and I knew which one was I coming. I knew that you knew I, I was going to do it. That's why I did it. <laughs> I'm proud of you for doing that one. It's a good one. You don't um, even know what we did, do you? Yes, Paul Simon. It's that's my favourite song ever. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What's well, a good you song? Need to get out, mate. Crikey. It's a good song. It's a great song. You need to get out. Wow. Get a job or something. It's a good song. Uh, Al's question... (laughs) I I I haven't got a job. Al's question (laughs) is... This is my job. Um, Al's question is... uh, I'm not paid enough. Al's question is... Following Punch getting totes emosh... His his words, not mine. What? Have you guys ever blubbed at a palace goal? I was inconsolable after Hopkins... Inconsolable? After Hopkins looking to curl one ninety seven, I've seen JD yeah. cry after a Palace goal. I cried at Wembley playoff final. I've, I've oh. seen JD cry after two Palace Watford. goals. Watford, yeah. Oh, at the end when, D- when Damien was on the pitch. Yeah, final whistle. Yeah, yeah, yeah final yeah, whistle. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that wasn't. I mean, it's That's final whistle. Yeah. After a goal. I think I cried after Mark, Mark Hughes equalised in the nineteen ninety FA Cup final, but that wasn't at Palace goal. <laughs> I, was, I was very emotional when Charlton relegated us in. Yeah. Yeah, was, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. He did say Palace goal, Al. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah, I know. I yeah. just tell you the last when I cried. <laughs> I cried on the way home from the Leicester playoff final again. Yeah. Palace goal. So, oh. yeah. well, you don't. It's something. I mean, that's the thing. You don't tend to cry. With I would say the playoff final was the only time I can remember crying. Down, I, I think down at Hillsborough. Um, well, the final whistle at Hillsborough. Final whistle. Was but wasn't a goal. Again, it wasn't a goal. But it was a. Good question. Moment. Yeah, no, I cried at the final whistle. So, yeah, but it is a good yeah. question, yeah. Good question. Yeah, okay. Well, let yeah. us know, listeners, if you've cried after any Palace goals. Or um, did after the pod. Or after yeah. this pod. <laughs> um, or even during it. 2013. <laughs> I know, I'm crying right now. Greatest goal I've ever seen at Selhurst. Okay, that is clearly wrong. But ne- next question oh, is from. Was a good goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Was a good goal, yeah. yeah, it's not the best goal I've seen at Selhurst, but um, it no, was good. Well, it's subjective, though, isn't it? Then, yeah, it's but it's also. Well, that's clearly wrong. Um, the Joe Pos- 
Joe Podsiadley. Podsiadley. Oh, hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Another question related to punching. Hey, Joe. Punchin says, uh, where does Punchin celebration stand in the all-time Palace player celebration rankings? If that's a thing. I don't know. I was too busy crying. Didn't see it. <laughs> it got. It was. It was definitely one of the best Palace player celebrations. Individual, There's been a lot of great on the, on, yeah. the, on, the uh, yeah. on the uh, yeah. worldwide web. What were they doing? Why was why why is Kabai just standing in the background with the ball? Did he like? Oh, There's going to be some sort of Raphael <laughs> style <laughs> montage photo here. I'm going to go and grab the ball to stand in the background. What's he doing there? I'd, I'd like to think. It was a, a pre-planned tribute to Dutch classicist painting, <laughs> but I've got a feeling it was completely accidental. I just got a feeling it just I've got a feeling they're all going. They saw the Manchester New Year's Day one and thought we need to upstage yeah, this. They, they all seem to be looking at it going, "What's, what's going on?" It was a great. Photo, it was just a lucky yeah. accident, wasn't it? It was just a lucky accident, but, yeah. but it was a very good one. Yeah, and but also Punchy's face, like he was so emotional, wasn't it? It was, yeah. it was yeah. clearly meant a lot to him, and you don't see that very often. You don't, no, you don't. Um, Good. It was a marvellous photograph. I'm trying to think of other Palace celebrations. I think Brighties after the equaliser at Villa Park was quite... Was quite Not a Palace player, but one of the funnier ones I've seen was obviously Tamari Kutzbaya. Kicking the, yeah. the hall and getting his... Did he get his foot stuck I in I think it? he got yeah, his foot yeah. stuck in it. <laughs> well, yeah, also, the Sheffield Wednesday player broke his foot, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Well, that celebration might have saved our club. Yeah, yeah. 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 it might have. Leon Clark? Because had, well, had he not yeah. been sent off, yeah. who knows what would have happened? We all all sent off. Not sent off. Sorry, I think we all know the worst one. That's got to be Chef Kikuchi's. That's got to be the worst Palace celebration ever, isn't it? It's not. It wasn't great. Wasn't 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 great. Also, Trevor Francis celebrating a goal while punching the reserve goalkeeper in the face. <laughs> was was I don't think he was one. celebrating a goal. Yeah, was, was, <laughs> I was no, no, because Kalinka was laughing, laughing that we could see Yeah, it was a goal celebration. Oh god. Okay. Uh, well, someone mentioned Kabai just then, and uh, we got a question from uh, tweet, tweeting Nav. Hi Nav. Hi Nav. And he says, um, "Is Kabai a misunderstood player? Regularly has the highest running inception." Creativity stats, like you mentioned earlier, but fans seem to want more. I think not recently. His stats. Uh, I th- he's at, at the end of the season. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Kabai next season because I think he has uh, disappointment's too strong a word, but he he's proved not to be the what we thought we were getting. And there were certainly there were moments earlier on, like the West Brom game, for example, when he did totally control it. And everything went through him, and he moved the ball really quickly, and he passed the ball really quickly, and and it was creative. But we've seen relatively little of that, and it's quite frustrating that his stats, the stats we're talking about, are interceptions and tackles mm. rather than passes. And I thought I thought the Southampton game when he scored mm. was a real sort of turning point, as I thought that was, I thought that first half was as good as we played all season, apart from the West Brom game, and he got forward more in that game than he. In fact, Pardew spoke about it afterwards, how much he got forward. And it wasn't long after that that Balassi got injured. But he, I don't... I think in years to come, he will go down. He's certainly not going to be a Lombardo. He's going to be no. a frustrating... I think he may, be, he may even be, controversially, he may even be seen as you know one of these mercenary Premier League players. I hope not. And maybe I'm being a bit too strong. But there's, you know, there's... He came to us because he wanted regular first-team football in yeah. the Premier League to get in the French squad. Maybe I, you know, maybe somebody's told him he's not going to get 
in the French yeah. squad. Maybe and he's going to be. I, this, is, this is what I, I think he's been told. I mean, the last French game he was he was on the bench. Yeah. He's not a definite starter. Yeah, well, Conte's come from you know, nowhere as well. And I just think I think player. he's yeah. I think he's pretty much been told. You know, you're probably not going to get in the in the squad for the Euros, and therefore yeah. he's just thinking, what's the what's the point? I think he can. You know, now maybe I'm wrong. Is it because we had a lot of expectations of, of who he might be, and they might, but they might have been quite wrong, possibly. No, but he was good at the beginning of the season. He was great. I mean, the way he played, we were expecting different. He was good, but in a role. So I didn't. I certainly didn't think he was going to play that deep. No, that's true. That's so I really true. didn't think he was going to play that deep for us. Then you thought, well, maybe it's going to be in that, for want of a terrible better word, that sort of quarterback role where he would sit in front of the back four, but still. Yeah. And and then you kind of thought you consoled yourself with the fact that he was tackling and intercepting, mm. but. And I I think it was in a way what it will, it will prove to be more important. For, in that we bought a really top quality player for yeah. the first time in a long yeah. time but I don't think I think Merston is a bit harsh I, I, think, know, I, I think he I, bought I into I think he was persuaded to come to Palace and I think he came for the right reasons and it was interesting that you know we went public on the fact that he was being paid more than anybody else and Pardew was laughing about the fact well he's a, a better player and maybe I don't think he's a Merston I think he may be seen as a yes, Merston no, you are. I, I, I don't want no I think he's done enough it's not like it's not like Adi Bayor when you, you kind of who is a most with hindsight? <laughs> you've seen oh, no, but you've got, but, yeah, no, you're right. There's no, there's no two ways around it. And, and legal, I don't think there's an issue with, with that legally. But well, I hope not. With, with uh, hindsight, it's true anyway. Fair with, opinion. With, is fine. But with hindsight, also true. It's, yeah, it's true. But with hindsight, it's going to be one of the most unjustifiable moves we've ever. Yeah. It's going to be. Whereas with Kabai, you can't say well, it's an accident waiting to happen. It was like no, we were all really all. excited about yeah. it. Albeit, albeit, there is the caveat that we did all say at the time, not just us, other Palace fans, that, that it was an area, a, a position that we weren't sure of. And yeah. it was, we all thought there was, was an element of, of Parish buying a player saying, look how much mm. we've progressed. These are the big marquee name. But he's. he's He's not lacked in commitment. He's, no. he's, no. he's certainly tried, and there've been moments of real quality. But again, it, you know, if you take away the other creative players, when Kabai is fit, if you take away Punch and in front of him, Balassi in front of him, McCarthy next yeah, to him, yeah, it's absolutely. going to be much harder for him. Of course, yeah, it is. Course he is. can't. He can't. He can't make Sacco a better player. He can. No, I'm saying you know, exactly. all all the great players through history have always been surrounded by other great players. Yeah, and but also, he also but does also the ba- the does still do the basics. He well. does, yeah. But and also remember what Scott Dan said that he signed a contract with Palace because Kabai came yeah, in, and exactly. and what I'd I'd like to see Kabai stay because I think it would help attract yeah. other players. And, I agree. And, and but he's the level of player, as Andy said earlier, he's the level of player we've got to look for all over the pitch. If we want to a not avoid what's happened in the second part of the season and b move on, and the, and the fact is that we, I think we, Palace fans will have to get used to the fact that the team is going to change completely every two years, and it's great. It's great that we've seen people like Delaney stay in for three or four years. That, of course it is, and it's mm. great that we've seen players like, and Balassie and uh, Zahar. It's really good, and you want to keep those players. But the fact is, other teams don't do that. Other teams will ch- almost completely change the personnel every every two years, apart from one or two. At, you know, Waters at Stoke, the occasional player like that. But otherwise, you just have to get used to the fact that we can't be sentimental in the future about mm. players that come in because there's no sentimentality in the modern game. Not, not, in the, not no. if you want to stay in the Premier League, or not no. if you want to progress. As simple as that. And, and the fact that you know Bournemouth will find that out next season as well because. Bournemouth had a remarkably good season, as have Watford. They're brilliant stories, but they, they can't keep doing that with the, the squads they've got because essentially they're overachieving championship squads, which in a way you could possibly argue that we are as well. And, and 
we simply have to get mm. used to the idea that we we will wave goodbye to players that we love. Which My strange of, metaphor for the week. Uh, in some ways, obviously a far lower level of a team. In some ways, it almost reminds me of when Varon signed for Manchester United. He goes into a team that's already performing at a certain level. He's mm. an established star on the international and you know and European stage. Comes in for a decent fee. Technically has made a very good impact but because the expectation was sort of out there and obviously that's working really well on radio me putting my arm out there but because the expectation was so high amongst Palace fans and there was this conception of what we were getting because we'd seen some of the the highlights reels from from the past the fact that he's still come in and been very technically accomplished and still demonstrates all that sort of defensive side to his Mm. game because it's not been quite as eye-catching as Kabai at 24 was and what 30 year old football is going to be as eye-catching as they were at 24 Because of that, I think not not you, JD. Because of that, it's it, I think disappointed some fans. But maybe that's just yeah. down to a flaw in their own expectations rather than the flaw in how the players. Perform. I think it's disappointing yeah. because we've had a disappointing run, and he's maybe he's easy to and, and his dipping form has coincided with the team's dipping form, and mm-hmm. it's easy to point the finger. Yeah. Uh, but I also think as well, just going back to what Kev was saying about the squads changing and is he going to be here next season or not? And you know, and here we are with seven eight games to go. You know. And, there's no reason why, maybe I'm talking madness here, but there's no reason why we can't win seven of those games. I mean, it's no, it happened last last year with Leicester. There's no reason why we can't. And if he, if we really want to well, go back to an, an earlier question, if we really want to turn a corner. We'll see. Okay, we'll that's, that's the reason. But if we want to turn a corner, going back to one of the early questions, then of course you know it's up to players like Kabai yeah. to help us do that. If you think that you know, the, 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 the if he wants to get in the French squad, then prove it. Yeah, the the, the problem. I almost. No, I, I don't almost wish it. Of course, I want us to win every single game we play for the rest of the season. But mm. that that would really be putting a sticking plaster on. Of course, it would. I'm just saying up, in terms of combined yeah, and, if, and, but, and his personal yeah, yeah, agree, mission to if, get but, in the French squad. But if we do end up winning three or four games and, and ending up mid-table, mm. that I think would, would be a bad thing because it would maybe convince us that we're a better team than we are. Like, Surely this run has shone a light on the fact that we know there are things to work yes, on. Yes, I well, think you'd, so. you'd hope so. But you, I mean, but you never know. But keeping Kabai... Football is, fans have got a short memory. Yeah, yeah, but keeping Kabai is as important... Sorry, as, did as I just say something? <laughs> I, I knew you were going to do that. I so knew you were going to do that. You've been away for a couple of weeks. I know, I'm yeah. really buzzing today. Yeah. Okay, I'm, but, I'm keeping, but having said that, keeping Kabai, I think, is as important as yeah. bringing in... Other players, without a doubt, and because what you'd like to see is how Kabai is in a, in a team that's got more Kabais, more Kabais, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Okay, next question is from Dave, uh, Dave Cook. Hi, Hi Dave. Dave. Hi, Dave. He says, after the love for Eddie Izzard on Saturday, he obviously was back at Sellers yeah, and yeah. did a lap of honour. Who is your favourite celeb fan? And he's added, don't include yourselves. I mean, proper celebs. That's not very nice. Eddie it's, it's really, it, you know, it's somebody. <laughs> I think it's Mark Steele who made the point that. That's how football has changed. In that, a man in a dress and lipstick, and heels, did, and heels did a lap of honour and got a standing ovation from all around the ground. And it, you know, the fact, you know, despite the fact he's just done twenty-seven marathons, which he didn't have to do, I kept saying to him, "It's only you that said you were going to do it. Nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody would mind if you didn't do it. <laughs> you know, just as nobody would have minded if you turned up on Saturday wearing jeans and, and you know, but <laughs> the fact is, it's it's just a remarkable." Indication of our attitudes have changed, that, and of course he's one of our own. Of course, everyone knows that. But still, yeah. the fact that a man yeah. in drag gets a standing ovation is just the most uplifting. It's just really uplifting, and mm. the fact that he loves Palace. I mean, it's one of my favourite football quotes. 
which they've got at Talksport when you go and when he just said all I ever want from football is that Palace win every single game from now <laughs> until the end of time which is just like and he's a, he's a proper fan but it's just and it was done and it's well because yeah we lost Ronnie Corbett who was a big a big Palace fan that was his English team and Hearts were his Scottish team but obviously going back and Roger de Courcy that uh, uh, at, that James and I remember who was because in the old days you didn't need to know who people supported <coughs> no. Eric Morgan supported Luton and that was it but Roger de Courcy was one of the world's worst ventriloquist puppets it was a Nookie Bear. Nookie Bear. <laughs> he had Nookie Bear, but Nookie Bear. Look it up on YouTube, young but, folk. But, but he wore this giant palace rosette. Oh, um, yeah, no, I've, I've seen that. Some of which yeah. covered his... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but it was anyway. a giant palace rosette, so it was kind of... I've got very fond memories of him because you simply, in those days, you didn't... Nobody said to who they supported. My answer to that question is that we're all celebrities because we all support Crystal Palace. Oh, that's oh, nice. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, Oh, oh nice, yeah. no, yeah, I know, I know, but some yeah. are more celebrities than others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to to uh, misquote George Orwell, uh, look okay. it up, youngsters. George Orwell. Okay. So, what, what, so James and Andy, who are your favourite celebrities? Palace uh, Is it Palace? Yeah. Well, I read the question, yeah, yeah. so I should probably know. Yeah, um, uh, yeah no, St Mirren. Who's your favourite St Mirren? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go for Maxi Jazz. Oh yeah, nice one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he's going to go for uh, Bill who, who is Max? That's it, he, he will be going for the old days, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's highly defamatory. Why? Uh, I would because have to go with... you a fan of the Rolling Stones? That, that one from Status Quo or something. Because uh, we've run out of ones now. You said... Oh, I'm not allowed to say one? Eddie is odd. Who's the one from Status Quo? Uh, Who's the one from Status Quo? The one who lives in Rick Parfit. I don't know. The, one of them's a Palace fan. I okay. didn't know that. There was a box. Who was the box? Morris Hope? No, Clinton McKenzie? No, Muhammad Ali? One of those a box. <laughs> there was a oh boxer God. who was a Palace fan. One of those boxer dudes, yeah. There's a lot, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of Palace fans. Out yeah. There. There's a lot there's of Palace lot, fans. Yeah. Good. Okay, <laughs> the next question is from Stuart Norris. Hi, Hi Stuart. Stuart. And he says, um, however the dust settles on this season, we've got a poetic intro, what are the important lessons that the club and the manager should take away and implement for next season? Oh, that's a squad. Well, I mean, that's an essay question. I think we probably don't go so many games without winning. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be a good start. Yeah. Try not to let goals in and score them at the other end. Yeah. yeah. Get someone who's not um, got concrete in their shoes in goal would be, you know. Oh, oh just over an hour. And he's done well. That's, that's, that's done good, Randy. Well. I'm in remission. Yeah. That was a very, to be fair, that was a very good save almost straight after we just scored. Yeah, um, it was. It was. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll ignore um, the flap at the cross in the first half and then spilling the ball in the sort of 82nd minute. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, it's I, a good question. It would be really interesting. And it won't happen, but it would be re- really interesting if at the Player of the Year do or afterwards, Alan Pardew talked us through the season basically and explained from his point of view what had gone wrong. But because recruitment is the, the big issue, but then the trouble is, well, you... if only we had someone who would be asking him questions. Well, no, no, I'm not allowed to ask him questions. Chris, Chris, <laughs> Chris Grierson, there's been a meeting at the highest level. Chris Grierson who will be asking him the questions. Oh, good. This year, after the last, is that because of your Jordy question? Last year, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the alpha male stare out. Um, but I, I <laughs> the, the thing is, the recruitment things, because everyone says recruitment, but Leicester fans would have been going. You know, is Mares and Conte? They paid four hundred thousand quid for Mares and less. I mean, few. They didn't know they were getting mm. really good players. And the fact is, you Newcastle bought, spent a lot of money in the window, mm. bought some terrible players. Norwich spent a lot of money. So you don't. That's not always the, the simple answer. But the fact is, the, the, yeah, the, the, 
yeah, play better, get better players yeah. in is is, yeah. is, is, is the is the answer. And, and I think we uh, need we we need some depth in the squad. I mean, I know we, we, talk, I, we I, talked about it every pod, but that's what we definitely. Need. I also think one thing that needs to happen, and I'm slightly sad it didn't this year. I think it would have in the past. Is that the club needed to acknowledge during this bad run that we were on a bad run. Because the only people that weren't talking about it were the owners and the manager, mm. basically. And, and at some stage, I think somebody should have said, "Yeah, we are." Because we are. it felt it felt for a long time like we were just drifting fairly aimlessly. And it, certainly during the transfer window, it felt like the club assumed we had enough points and that we were fine. And I think it would have been nice if they had addressed our concerns at some stage. Because Pardew did start talking about it, but it was literally about two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah it was right that, at the end that of was the too run. late, really. And it's like, it, it, even if he said, I don't know why this is happening, even if he said, I'm trying everything, even if he said, we've got a new coach driver, or we've, we've got, we're eating different pasta, yeah. it would yeah. have been nice to acknowledge the fact, because Palace fans were, we still are to an extent, less so, obviously, but we were worried a couple of weeks ago. We yeah, and despite the fact we kept saying, oh, it's all right because we're not playing bad football and they're still committed, the results kept going against us. And we were, Palace fans were fully aware that we, not a laughing stop, but people were enjoying our discomfort because we're not always popular with other fans. And people were enjoying the fact that we were the least successful team in the, in the Premier League and the fact that Pardew was suddenly not going to be England manager anymore. Yeah. And it would have been just nice if they'd said, not an apology, but a public acknowledgement saying, look, we're really sorry about this. We don't, we can't, we just don't know what's happening. The players are trying everything they can. I think that fits into a wider point almost. And it sounds a little bit jargony and a bit businessy to say about sort of managing expectations. But when you're doing stuff like, you know, in sort of late last year, talking about European football and not necessarily, as Kevin says, acknowledging this run until it was sort of, you know, one game from ending. And when you're not bringing up issues like the whole... FFP compliancing until the last day of the transfer yeah, yeah, window. Yeah, yeah. There were a series of messages there that the club probably could have controlled a bit better yeah. and that I think probably would have resulted in slightly less adverse reaction from fans had they thought a little bit more proactively yeah, about it. So it's just showing the club's naivety. I mean, we are still a relatively new Premier League club. With relatively new owners. New owners. Yeah, and, it's yeah, just, and, it's, and it's a learning process. And and the, the amount of scrutiny, we all know that the... That the players get it on a weekly basis yeah. and they looked at microscopically through the newspapers and the TV and the media and the, I guess the club thought naively that they wouldn't be as a club in general yeah. and because we're such a great family family type club and you know very encompassing of the community and all that and we you know and everybody knows we are in the football world that actually the, that maybe not that they were blasé about it but just don't realise actually you know we, we, we 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 need to be told as well sometimes yeah. well, certainly, we need to be told certainly things like the you were away but certainly things like the text after the Leicester game so we, yeah. hope, we hope you had a good day really but yeah oh, which was uh, which was just a PR it's a bit own goal there's no goal but it, it, yeah. it, it, I, I sort of take it except not I disagree with Street a little bit because when I didn't mind it when Parrish and Pardew were talking about Europe around Christmas time I didn't mind them saying Let's look, because Paris said, "Let's look up. Let's let's aim for the the height." I didn't mind that so much. What I didn't like was after already on Saturday evening, Pardew saying, "Well, we're closer to mid-table than we are to the bottom three, so let's look at mid-table." It's like, no, again, just acknowledge, just, just acknowledge, just the acknowledge fact that, that, that we've, we've been in trouble. Just, yeah, just say this is a really, uh, this is a great result. It's fantastic. It takes the pressure off at the bottom. Don't don't start pulling the wool over our eyes by going. 
and say that, yeah, fine. Say that when we're going into the last home game, mm. or we're going to Southampton, and we have won four of the five, and we are looking to finish tenth. That's fine, but no, don't do it. Don't immediately go. Well, there you go. We're looking up. We're yeah. a better team than we thought because we're not idiots. It's just there's nothing wrong with technology. That things no, there aren't isn't, quite but they, but they seem to have not been able to because it doesn't fit the narrative of what has happened in the past does it maybe also not fit and this is totally me playing devil's advocate fit the narrative of the image that we're portraying to our new American market in terms of this underdog fighting and stuff well there was that you probably mentioned this in the pod was there that article in the Evening Standard Recently, that was an interview with Parrish where he was saying, oh, uh, I'm so sorry for the owners. I yeah. guess you talked about it in the last pod, but you know, things things like that are a, a PR blunder yeah. in, my, in my eyes. I mean, absolutely shocking. I was appalled by that. Although yeah. that, that interview did make the point as well, which kind of got lost un- underneath all of the sort of headline about talking about the American investors, Steve Parrish saying, You know, we did over- overperform for the first part of the season. Yeah. We are now, you know, underperforming more so than, than we should do. And great as it was early in the season to hear Pardew talking about, you know, the possibility of Europe and all that sort of stuff. And I, you know, packed my beach towel and got my EasyJet flights ready. But as, as great as it was to hear that, you know, you do sometimes need to temper some of that stuff just because stuff can go wrong. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and yeah, which is yeah, why yeah, now yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when we talk about being closer to mid-table, mm. we, we could quite easily go on that six-game running yeah, streak, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we might end up losing six games in a row as well and still finishing, you know, just a couple of points above relegation. And, and you can't over-inflate some of those expectations because ultimately you end up being Charlton. Yeah, that's true. But, it's, it's, <laughs> but at the same time, we're football fans bad. and we've always, we're always yeah, going to look. It's also, of course, yeah, of course. It's part of the problem that we've talked about for Steve Parrish for a long time in that it's a difficult balancing act for him and that he wants to move the club on and of course he wants to get the, the investment and he wants the South East Asian fans and he wants the American fans and every club needs that, yeah. that revenue stream for one of the better yeah, word. but yeah, yeah. at the same time you can't get that at the expense of us, mm. at yes, the expense yeah. of the fans you, and so there is a balancing act mm. and I think sometimes the club recently veered too much on the side of the, the glamour and, and but Kevin, it, as, but it is a learning curve, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, think it's, course, yeah, I actually think it's a learning yeah, curve, and, 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 and I don't yeah. want to come across negative about no, no, the no. owners and parishes. I'm not. No, the, I'm just saying it's a learn. We, we, we all learn. You know, we learn. No, we have to look around at all the other clubs, and the, the fact is, they've bought so much goodwill that yeah. they've they've got years in the credit column yet. Because yeah. the fact is, they do. They do. They do admit sometimes when they have made mistakes, and like you said, they are still yeah, finding things yeah. out. And they are still relatively new ones. But you, you only have to look at some of the other clubs who've got, you know, the sort of people that are running them, and it's, and, and also we're still trying to operate within our economic and financial yeah. means yeah. because that's the one thing that Paris is always talking about is that everything is judged against not going out of business and that's yeah. that's the most important and thing and everyone makes mistakes even the experienced yeah. people we've done 176 podcasts still yeah, sometimes yeah, cool. but I, think, I think sometimes as well they do get I mean not us I honestly. think the owners the owners still get sometimes seduced by the glamour of the Premier League sometimes we, without, all, do. we, yeah, we all do we all do exactly. without remembering the fact that most of our fans are from Croydon or South East London we, are, yeah. we, are, yeah. we, we yes we have to keep our feet on the ground but yeah. it's it's nice to it's nice to try and fly sometimes isn't it Yes, it is, but also, you know, the fact is... Flying every night, Ben. Yeah, the fans, everyone talks about... No-one's talking about Palace fans this year. The last two years, everyone's been talking about how mm. we're the best fans of the year. And the fact that's it's because the expectations have changed a little bit, yeah. and it's because we haven't had our backs to the wall, and we haven't had the great escape. Yeah. And again, you have to there has to be a reconnect with with the Palace fans. Yeah. And part of that, that, that's why I think the punching thing was so important. Yeah, exactly. Because that's exactly... That was old Palace. And yeah, you can see... Was, yeah. I, I, I've... I've 
must have watched the reaction. I keep rewinding it on on match of the day, just watching the the, the fans' reaction mm. to that, just as much as punchings, because I haven't seen that level of fan reaction. I think since the John Terry on goal yeah. Chelsea, that's it's the first time this season when it's felt like the old Palace. Everyone's it's funny you say that. There, so what, there was a shot of him yeah. after the goal yeah. with the sort of backdrop of all yeah, the fans in the home style. Yeah. And I, I was sort of going through. I think it must be Facebook or Twitter. And my first reaction was actually I thought it was an old photo. Yeah, exactly. I actually it thought like, it was a yeah, photo yeah. from 2013-14. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I looked yeah. really close. I said, like, "Oh no, that's this year's kit." Oh, it's punching. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. that makes more sense. It was the other yeah, day, but yeah. it was the first time that. I suppose as fans we, we've stopped resting on the laurels yeah, a little bit I and think, you know, yeah, started absolutely. giving that sort of reaction because back our backs were against the wall exactly maybe that's where we thrive we always have done as a club we've always thrived when it's yeah, yeah. there something to play the brink when we beat Newcastle 5-1 when we beat Southampton it was kind of like yeah yeah we deserve this is what we are but that that's definitely the first time this season it's felt like Palace, yeah, felt like they, <laughs> weirdly, it felt like you had to connect between us and the players, and that. So that begs the question: yeah. Will we ever be happy by being a mid-table club and always being mid-table? Probably, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I've, I've, I've opened up the door there, but, but every club talks about Arsenal yeah. fans. Well, they always uh, moan, but they've been yeah, but, out of the top four for but, twenty years. Yeah, but they're at war with themselves with fans that weren't at Highbury. You know, yeah, I know yeah. a lot of Arsenal fans who can't abide the fans that have only started coming mm. since at the Emirates because they expect a certain degree of yeah. success, and they. Unfortunately, that's a a corollary of us getting better. At, at it's a what? Sorry, corollary. <coughs> corollary. It's a it's a byproduct. It's a byproduct of okay. of us wanting to establish ourselves in the in the Premier League. But yeah. we have to sort of do. And I think you, t- a mate of mine, a Stoke season ticket holder, they had a couple of seasons when it, they got blasé. Mm. And they got, and they had to sort of re-establish it. Really. And Hughes has done really well at that, at getting the fans yeah. back on stage. And even though Stoke have got better players and they're having a good season, Hughes is brilliant at sort of at, at sort of presenting themselves as the underdog against the yeah. big teams. Yeah. And we have to, we really have to, we do, have to do that to do that. Yeah. You because know, we are, yeah, it was every other club gets fed up with us. So we are special fans. We are brilliant fans but yeah. it's certainly away from home mm. but when you read in, you know, the Observer have a thing every year when they ask other fans who are the best fans and the past two seasons you know, 18 out of 20 go Palace and this year I don't think they will no, I don't think they we'll, yeah. will do that yeah. well but, yeah. but hopefully we will yeah. change well, that that's because yeah, not, the opposing yeah. fans come to sell us and yeah. the first thing they shout is where's your famous atmosphere yeah. Yeah. if you were singing or not yeah yeah because it's the expectation. Yeah. yeah. Well, the expectation for us is to oh, end oh, part two. Oh, oh, and yeah. go in. Too slick. Almost too, too slick. Really. Part oh, three. Exxon. Where we're going to be... <laughs> We're going to be previewing Palace's <laughs> next two games, in fact, before the next podcast, which is Everton and Arsenal. So, join us in a bit. Yes, welcome back to this week's Five Year Plan Podcast. Uh, Pod 176 sponsored by Vector Printing. For all your printing embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. And that's Vector with a K. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, no, um, no extra this week uh, because of the fixture pile-up. We've got two games to, to preview. Two games in a week. No time travel to a previous year either. No, no time. Oh, yeah, of course. No, 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 no time, time, time for time travel. No time for time travel. Wow. No. Whoa, 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 whoa. Right an essay about that. Levels I can't Students. Yeah. 
So we're going to go straight into previewing, just like the old days, previewing uh, Palace's next game. And in fact, there's two games this week. We've got Everton at home, which we did touch on earlier. We did. And then Arsenal away. Um, two fairly tricky games. Uh, what are we expecting, Kevin, in terms of uh, turnaround from Palace? You no, know, it's, it's impossible to answer that question these days. So OK, good. Well, well good no, night. No, no. Short but, it, but, it, but it is, though. We've tried so hard for our, you know, since January to what are we expecting. And we talk yeah. uh, you know, in a sort of fairly faux intellectual way about what we're expecting. And I, I just generally don't know. I'd like to think that off the back of that three points that the, the weight will be lifted and we'll come out and batter Everton for the start. But that's... I can't... It could equally... that We'll be 4-0 down in the first 10 minutes. I genuinely don't know. If, I mean, we, get I, a, if we do manage to get a, a win or... or yeah, three or four points this week. Is that us, James? Is that us safe? Oh, Do you think yeah. that's yeah. done? Yeah. Are we done already? Honest, or? Um, mathematically, obviously, we're not safe. But let's be if honest. If we yeah. if we beat, I can't see those northeastern clubs. If we if we beat Everton, Newcastle have to win with the goal difference. They basically have to win every or win five and draw one. Mm-hmm. We have to lose all our games. Yeah, and, and Allardyce has already admitted that. It's they're not looking at us anymore. It's only Norwich they can catch, and it's you know everyone's talking about Leicester's lead being unassailable. It's just it's almost impossible to imagine because basically what happens is two of the bottom, and even if Sunderland beat Norwich, then yeah, it's a good result. I've got a number. Well, yeah, it's between zero point zero two percent and zero point one percent likely that we'll go down. Yeah. And based f- on the various projections football's all about stats isn't it, it? is indeed yeah. and I think <laughs> that's, that's, where, we've gone that's from, where you get goals we've gone from 250 to 1 to go down to 500 to 1 right to go down okay. so but I get, I'm not going to say it out loud because all the stick I've been getting for the last three months blaming me for what's going on which I think is great considering how blase I've been for I, the entire I, period yeah, <laughs> I, I, I Everton as we said before Everton this is their third away game mm. they the, the whole Leighton Baines thing that he's had to apologise for for not saying that much just for saying but for basically saying to fans for doing what we've asked Palace to do and acknowledge that there is a problem if one of our players yeah. came out and said that would, do you think our fans would react in the same way or would? I'd, think, I'd, be, I'd be pleased I'd, I'd be delighted if one of our yeah. fans said look, one of our players said look I'm sorry about this but mm. look at our squad we're not it's not quite coming off but it's not for the want of trying and the fact that Everton have censured him for it and made him apologise I think it was entirely the wrong way to, mm. to deal with it but again you know, Everton have just got their new investor that's, that's bought a huge amount of the club so maybe that's part of that but I think Leighton Baines and you saw the fans reaction on on Saturday Everton have massively underachieved they've probably all talked about that the fact that the FA Cup is a big opportunity for them and that it hasn't occurred to them that they're drifting for the rest of the season so they are on paper ideal opponents, but we've said that eight or nine times this season. West, I said that about West Brom the away game. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ideal, absolutely <laughs> ideal opponents. Cut two being three. And I actually think that's and the fact is that our home form is pretty poor. But I, I, I think, and it looks like if we go into the semi final, absolutely safe. Safe. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Yeah, and the fact is, I, th- I think we can get a point. I think a point would do it, and I think we. Could, it would be nice to. I can almost see the headlines now. You know, four months without a win, and then we get two in. Yeah, two well, in we said days. previously on the pod that that yeah. might kickstart the results right, to come are, like that. Yeah, but Everton are a, a, a good side. They've only lost. They've only lost twice away from home they've all got season. Really good. Really? Yeah. yeah. So they do have a good record. I think said that the Watford the, that Watford result was poor, and I think the fact, that, as I said, they've because they've had three away games in ten games, that's got to uh, in ten yeah. days. That's got to. I think there's similarities between. 
Palace and Everton this season in that uh, two teams that are underperforming for the quality they've got, two teams that are left in the FA Cup semi-final, two teams that have just had investment, two teams with youngish managers. There's quite a, there's quite a lot of young, two, youngish. Two teams that wear blue. There is, but there's quite a lot of similarities. The, the, I think. The, well, there are, but the difference is that if we stay up, we'll be highly delighted. And, and the fact is that Everton it. shouldn't be looking to stay up. Everton won the title in living memory and won the Everton Europe fans League. are angry. They are, and rightly so. Everton are, Everton are a bigger club than Well, they've got a £50 million pound striker. They've got yeah. two regular or potentially regular in the very near future England internationals through the spine of their team. And yet they're performing at a low level. We've got Bakary Sacco on the wing. We have <laughs> yeah, yeah. one bad injury. So well, they are massively underperforming. Well, three, because they've got... They've got Bain, Stones and Bartley so yep. three mm-hmm. yeah, plus Delefeu plus mm-hmm. uh, Lukaku plus yeah, McCarthy in the middle McCarthy, good um, the other the ex no, the Tottenham player up front whose name I always forget yeah him 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 <laughs> I don't know so they are uh, Lennon yeah, yeah. oh yeah Lennon, Lennon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they've got they've got a better players than we are and they should be doing really well but you can't put your finger on why they aren't but, the then, but they, the fast. But, but at the end of the, yeah, the, uh, and at the end of the season, as I say, for us, staying in the Premier League is a result. Is, but not for them. Yeah. But you know, it's it's been but you know, it's been a while. It's been a while since they have been sort of knocking at the door. You don't. There's one of those clubs that have not quite. I don't think it's entirely the manager's fault because there's been. It's, I mean, Moyes. Everyone talks about Moyes doing a good job at Everton, but it's still sort of upper mid-table team rather than. Hmm. We there's, a, there's a slightly poisonous atmosphere there. Yeah, there is there as well. Yeah, like they were yeah. they were bringing out banners saying Martin is out. Yeah. I think on on yeah. uh, at the weekend, and it's it's you know pretty rare for a team of Everton's ilk who you, you sort of associate with having fairly well, loyal, good fan, normal, no, good, good, fan, good fans. Yeah, they've got and good they fans. are. They've got, they got, yeah, yeah, they got good fans. Everton. We're not talking yeah. like those. Yeah. Idiots from Finsbury Park who'd bring yeah. out a banner over just about yeah, anything. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, no, a solid yeah. set of fans. So for them yeah. to be kicking off in the manner that they are, yeah. you know, th- th- there's there's clearly well, an know, atmosphere yeah. there that, I, but perhaps Palace as a team might be able to exploit. But I, f- I find it really odd that they they the club publicly censured Leighton Baines, but didn't say a word when Lukaku spent three weeks saying, "I want to move, I want Champions League football next year." Yeah, and was clearly, you know, and the fact is, if you offered him. Two million pound a month. He wouldn't want champions, but they were quite happy for him to say that. And yet they jumped on later. Baines, it, it basically apologising to the fans and yeah. and all he said was, There's, "The chemistry is not quite right." And and he is. He's spot they, on. They, yeah. they, they conceding goals. They don't score. Uh, these are two two games uh, that historically Palace don't do particularly well in. We haven't beaten Everton at home since 1994, and we haven't beaten Arsenal in any format that I can remember for. Probably a probably similar time to you. No, you did have the nil-nil with Everton when Keith Millen... Was it Keith Millen's first yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, that was quite an interesting interesting yeah. game. Uh, but my question to you guys is, uh, and this goes back to part one, uh, would you start Gale in these games? Not if Wickham's fit. How far is Wickham off being fit? Do we know? Well, he's on the bench on Saturday. So he must be fit, yeah. So he must be... I don't think you would start Gale if Wickham's fit. Yeah. But the rest of the team, probably same? Or would I you bring Wilf back in? I think that's interesting with Zahar as well, because I think Zahar... Probably works better as a, an impact sub, but I'd rather it wasn't Sacco that was taking his place. If you see what I mean. Yeah. Mm. So I'd rather it was you that was taking his place. Yeah, Sacco, but, yeah. I know, but, You've got more yeah. movement than Sacco. Yeah. yeah. Jordan yeah. Much. Is he injured? What's happened to him? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I'd be starting Wickham against Arsenal just because 
you never quite yeah, know what I'll, you're going to get against Arsenal if they get if their centre backs get roughed up a bit. I think the manner in which we'll end up playing against um, Everton because they always push their fullbacks up against us yeah. and because we always get joy down the flanks. I'd yeah, almost yeah, be yeah. tempted to to start Gale because he's got that tiny bit more pace and yeah. you know might end up making those runs into the box a bit more than than Wick and Will yeah. and probably better with his sort of head going towards goal. Um, I'd maybe be starting him against Everton, but. I think a lot will just depend on who's fitter. And I, I think the thing with Arsenal as well is that they simply I just never mind pretty foot, we just go long ball against Arsenal because yeah. they the two centre backs they're an accident waiting to happen. They can't they simply can't defend against crosses and against a big strong centre back, which Wickham is. It's like it, it's just ludicrous. you can understand why Arsenal fans are upset because they spend all that time working out their beautiful, pretty football in two-thirds of the pitch and can't do the basic defending job. And Arsenal fans are going to be really cross on Sunday. Simple as that. Work, you know, depends on the results on Saturday. Arsenal fans. Mm. It just makes me laugh because Arsenal have done the double over Leicester, scored seven goals against them and, <laughs> ten, and are still ten points behind them. Yeah. Wow. And you know, every, I think every club in the Premier League goes, how the fuck are we behind Leicester? Mm. But Arsenal in particular. And I think... We should try and exploit it because the atmosphere is going to be fairly poisonous. I think on, yeah. on Sunday, and Palace fans have get, been pretty good at the Emirates. Of course, and if we and if we get a positive result on uh, on Wednesday, and we see what happens with Newcastle and Sunderland and Norwich on Saturday, yeah, again with uh, with any luck, it'll be a game that we can go into and just try and spoil us. But again, you can't. But uh, Arsenal is still a really good. Set. And, you know again, yeah, what Arsenal's going to well, turn and up. That's, again, and that's all for all that we talked about Jednak earlier on playing well against Norwich, Jednak against an Arsenal team that's fully functioning with all that mobility in and around him. It could be an accident yeah, waiting to happen. Yeah, it could be quite so, Well, we'll see. But hopefully, by the time it happens, it won't matter that much. No. Because I think when we... Already doesn't, we're safe. Well, yeah. But we, I think we looked, when we were looking at the last 10 games, the last nine games, the last eight games... I think we pretty much said, well, I'll forget Arsenal, we won't get yeah. anything there. But where was that Old Trafford? I think we probably can go and get a result. Well, we'll be back yeah, next week to preview the Old Trafford game because we'll be okay. back to... God willing, yeah. Uh, God, well, we should God willing. God willing. Yeah. Oh, God willing. God willing. Um, we'll be back after <laughs> Palace have played willing, yeah. Arsenal and Everton. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll be looking forward to May United and that semi-final at Wembley against oh, yeah, Watford. But that'll be on next week's pod. That's the end of this week's pod, listeners. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks. I hope you're still awake. Kevin, it's been a long one. Don't forget uh, to rate us. Don't forget to rate us on five stars. Please, five stars. Uh, And if you're not listening because you've not been able to download it properly, (laughs) still rate us. Download it better and then rate us. Yes. Uh, Can't believe you haven't been able to download it. Kevin, James, Andy, thanks for being here. That's right. Well, I live here, so there is that. Uh, Listeners, thanks for listening, (laughs) and uh, we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Podcast Network.